Welcome to Electronically Yours with Martin Ware. Hi, it's Martin Ware here. We're looking at another edition, the second part, which might come out first, not sure which, of um, Sananda Maitreya, uh, which I honestly think has been the most emotionally affecting, uh, philosophically demanding, controversial and fascinating uh, interviews that I've ever done with anyone. And bear in mind that we not actually talk to each other verbally, I and mean, we've had a couple of emails over the years, but not actually talk to each other verbally since 1988, which is 19, uh, 25 years. So uh, it is kind of spread out over nearly two and a half hours. An incredible insight into, a, into an amazingly talented and beautiful human being. Um, I am in uh, bits, actually, because he said some very nice things about me. I upset him a couple of times because I accidentally referred to him by his previous name, which I've edited out because he finds it upsetting. Not not from, how dare you, uh, not like that, just it, it brings up a lot of old, unhappy time memories. And um, I think I... <laughs> I think I upset him. I, I I effused an enormous amount of praise on his latest, on his latest double album, Pandora's Playhouse, which I strongly recommend you either purchase, preferably, or um, or, or stream. Um, it's an amazing piece of work, uh, and uh, I called it in a kind of semi-naughty way. You know, okay, you know what I'm like. Uh, I called it uh, Patchily Genius or something like uh, Patchy Genius, that's what I said. And um, it obviously really upset him. <laughs> he was, he's like, take the genius part, he'll accept that, but he doesn't like the patchy bit. And I just said, it's, you know, it could, I, I was kind of bigging myself up in terms of, you know, it, it could be polished up a bit more in terms of, Recording and, and mixing and stuff like that. That's all I meant. The content is not patchy at all. It's beautiful. And um, some really top quality performance and songwriting. Uh, so I encourage you to uh, to check that out. Um, but the really profound things about his philosophy, uh, the kind of integrated Sananda Maitreya cinematic universe, as I call it, uh, of everything he's done since... He became Sananda uh, is just mind bending. It's all integrated with personal mythology, uh, ancient mythology, uh, symbolism, m m uh, metaphorical depth, uh, um, naughty analog analogous activity. Um, I'm just such a fan. And that's what it boils down to. And I think you should be too. So here he is. Yet, a, yet another chunk of Sananda Maitreya. Buongiorno. Buongiorno tutti. Buongiorno Sananda. Buongiorno. You say your 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 tops are looking psychoactive for me first thing in the morning. It's <laughs> I've it's putting me into some kind of psychedelic trance. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. We can you look it. like a test card. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, how are you? It's a good name for a band, the test cards. Yeah, yeah. Are you um did you sleep well? Um, relatively. It's always difficult when I when I go into the past because it's like the only time I talk about it really is when I'm doing, you know, promotional activity. So it's it's it always stirs up old ground that I kind of have kept, you know, basically where it was for just to be able to survive it and not have to be haunted by it because there's a lot of shit that yeah. you just wind up picking up along the way yeah, yeah. that you know the the price of the life you saw is to be haunted by. It. Right. Let's start with um, when. Uh... So w when you came up with the name Sananda Maitreya, 
I mean, I've looked at various things online, uh, but I want your version of it because these things are never entirely yeah, en entirely accurate. Accurate. What What is the in your mind uh, the meaning behind the name? Um. Well, I did. I did get Sananda in a series of dreams that that I I was um, that I was not. That isn't to say that I might not have heard it before. I'm not saying that the only time I heard it was in, in the in the dream. I might have heard it before somewhere else. Um, you know, I used to, well, I used to read a lot of stuff. Um, you know, like UFO and, and 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 that kind of stuff and fiction and all that kind of stuff. Uh, some of which even got into like what would be called, I guess, new age fiction. You know, alien abductions and people channeling aliens and all that kind of shit. I just used to love that kind of stuff. I thought some of the best writing of the 90s, uh, some of the best fiction writing of the 90s was doing that. But um, uh, I had like three dreams in a row over a period of maybe a couple of weeks where I kept hearing the name being called as I was walking through a clearing in the woods. And I was always behind these three kind of tall robed beings, if you will, that I just uh, understood, you know, to be to be angels, to be those type of energies. Um, and I think the third time is when I realized that that was the answer to what my meditation had been, which was there was a period of about two years where literally I was so estranged from my former identity that if you had called, if you had called my name, it might have taken five seconds for me to register that it was me you were talking to. So, um, of course, look later, you realize that those are very clear symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, where, whereby dissociation becomes a means and measure of survival. And yeah. um, I, I, I really had been, you know, praying to my understanding of what, you know, God or the angels was to help me move forward in a way that made sense to me, because Parallel to that, of course, was also the understanding that in going through, um, you know, fights uh, and battles with the record company, that it was just made clear to me that regardless of my opinion, regardless of how I was born, who, what name I had when I was born, I no longer own that identity. Um, right. I no longer. So it wasn't mine to suggest anything really anymore. And that it was time for me to wake up and realize that it didn't matter if I created it. It didn't matter if, you know, that it was now a property, an asset of another group of uh, shareholders, individuals, and that's just <laughs> the way it was. So, you know, that in conjunction with a, a serious dissociation from it, um, the, the degree to which, you know, even to this, to this day, if I'm, I'm caught off guard and I hear it, it can be very, very jarring because yeah. it's just what it began to represent became weaponized against my consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I had begun to kind of pray, look, I, I, I don't know what to do. I need to do something, you know, to say that I was suicidal was, was, um, and the, the danger for me in that is that, and, I, and I'm saying this earnestly, I, I don't, I don't fear death. I mean, I don't, I've never had this, like, again, my cultures, we don't believe in death. So, um, and, and unfortunately, I didn't have a family around me at the time to make the question of my death stupid and irresponsible or anything like right. that. Right. It was just no one would have really been hurt but me in that, that, in that time frame, you know. And um, I just didn't know what to do with the, the pain. Because the pain was getting to a point, it got to a point where it was pushing me out of my own fucking body. Jesus. So that's when I got the um, Sananda thing. And uh, then, you know, I began to then see it, you know, and that's when people come to you and say, oh, yes, Sananda means this, and Sananda means that. I, I didn't, I, I'm not the kind of person to do something and then go necessarily look and see, oh, what does this mean? Because I, I knew that it was something that was a suggestion that felt, oh, I like the sound of this, but more importantly, felt familiar. Yeah. It felt familiar. That's why the dreams were so compelling. I kept hearing this name and going, like, why do I know this name? Where have I heard this name? 
So it became like this thing where by the third time, it's like, ah, I'm Sinatra. Okay, I get it. Yeah, right, right. After a couple of years as this, it then dawned on me that this was, since it was a legitimate way forward, um, I needed a last name, you know. And um, by that point, one of the people that I was very close to um, philosophically was Krishnamurti. And um, uh, J. Krishnamurti, or, or Jiddu Krishnamurti, but the Krishnamurti. And for those who might not be familiar with the legend of Krishnamurti, um, he's basically who Yoda is based on. Oh, okay. So um, he spent a lot of time in California. He was an Indian gentleman and uh, a Bengali. And um, he wound up spending a lot of time in uh, the California area, uh, in the Los Angeles area, where there were a lot of people who sought him out because he was considered intellectual. His approach to spirituality was very intellectual mm. and, and very kind of dry. It wasn't emotion-based. It was logic-based. And um, his story was immensely, immensely fascinating to me. In any event, George Lucas was one of the people who was very, very much uh, uh, a disciple, if you will, or, or, or a devotee of Krishnamurti. And so he memorialized that in creating Yoda. Is that but, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I had been reading some Krishnamurti books and he, he kept talking about this, this kind of guardian angel spirit that during tremendous uh, period of uh, difficulties in his life was a guide to him and very helpful in, allow, in getting him to overcome these challenges. And uh, he, he kind of said it was like an angel and he was in contact with this entity, this energy. Um, and he called this energy Maitreya, or Maitreya, or Maitreya. Wow. Okay. Um, and so when I when I knew I, when I felt okay, I need a, a last name to carry this uh, this bold experiment forward. Um, that's the name I decided to take because I was very I was very close to to, to not just the teachings of the philosophy of of, of Christianity, which wasn't really what made the greatest impression on me. It was the, the, the how he overcame the life that he was he was handed. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, a, a disciple or anything like that, so I don't want to come across like I'm proselytizing no, no, no. or anything like that. But his story, where basically he was groomed to be the world messiah, and at some point during kind of his spiritual coronation in front of this convention of thousands and thousands of people, um, he basically denounced the thing and walked away from it because he basically said to this pe these people who were there to celebrate his anointing as the world Messiah that, hey, listen, you know what? I'm not sure about this world Messiah thing, but I do know that whatever is true for you, you have to find out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, and of course, because he walked away from this organization that had spent years grooming him, they spent about 20 years coming after him legally. Um, this rings the bell. It's like Scientology, right? Yeah, it's kind of like it's called similar. So, yeah, that's that's how the name situation came about. I I kind of felt close to what Krishnamurti's life was about, and I uh, felt like the, uh, you know, it goes back to the old tribal, um, the old tribal habits of naming your children after gods and saints, and hoping that that wins their protection. You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, what I want to say uh, in response to what you just said is we all in different ways try to or need to reinvent ourselves. Mm. Uh, but few people uh, throughout our lives, but few people have the courage to totally reinvent themselves like you've done. I mean, you, I, I completely take my hat off to you for the for the. Um, for the, you know, I know when people are backed into a corner, they do amazing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and I've, I've seen with some very close people to me, the pain of uh, loss and yes. um, internal loss yeah. through, through uh, it could be alcoholism, drugs, or it could be yeah. circumstances or a combination of things. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the desperation that people will go to, to avoid the pain but this to me as a creator which you are 
you are the creator, as I mentioned in the in in the other part of our interview. You know, this idea of creating your own mythological universe. We're doing it unconsciously or consciously. The, everybody's well, of, doing of it. Of course, the, the the greatest the greatest art form, which is ultimately where art and spirituality conjoin. The greatest art form is is the masterpiece of your life. Yes. Your, your, your life itself Absolutely. is the ultimate artistic statement that we leave behind. Absolutely. You know, Fantastic. The, the living sculpture, the living painting, the fourth dimension of art coming to life is, is our life and how we live our life and just how we I, go I, through our process. Yeah, I, wa I, I want to... Part of the reason I started the podcast—it sounds a bit, a bit, a bit kind of pretentious and profound—but is to kind of commemorate people's lives, you know, that yeah. maybe are, are a little buried. I mean, for instance, I'm on the trail of, uh, and it's going to happen shortly. Um, I'm fascinated by Trevor Horn, yeah. uh, not not as a great spiritual leader, but just yeah. in terms of his soundscape capability. I yes. just think he's one of the greatest, right? Uh, the stuff he, he's done with a lot. I'm, of I'm also a big fan and admirer of Anne Dudley. Anne Dudley, right? I'm also a yeah. huge fan of hers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her and it's like has a little been really awesome since the Art of Noise. It's, it's it's a little bit like a little secret society of people who understand yeah. how to fucking dig into your psyche and make it wiggle. You know, a kind and of I, a I, kind I of musical Bloomsbury group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, a pre-Raphaelite's brotherhood or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so let's move on to your actual works now. Um, well, anyway, thank you for what you said. Courage is a certain, uh, a certainly a thing I was grateful to be able to 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 access. But you know, some people give you credit for how high you jumped, but what they didn't understand was that the building was on fire. Yeah. So it wasn't <laughs> like you had this this real option. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I what think I've that's learned, important that people know that. Yeah. What I've learned about courage is that you know, the the difference between the hero and the normal guy, if you will, is not that the hero doesn't experience fear; it's that the hero doesn't let the fears stand in the way as the excuse to not do the thing. Because yeah. very often, when you're faced with a thing, you don't have time to be afraid. But the time to be afraid is later. You can freak out yeah. later. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you're going to freak out at some point. It's just the hero doesn't freak out in the moment where it's important not to freak out. Yeah, dig it. That's amazing. Okay. So let's talk about your uh, incredible um, library of works, shall we say, with your, uh, with your um, musical works under the guise of uh, your new identity. And obviously, yeah. there's an enormous um, uh, there's enormous depth to the lyric writing and the concepts behind them. I'm a big fan of concept albums, anyway. But this seems like one giant kind of, uh, as I mentioned previously, like one giant kind of Sananda cinematic universe that you're creating here, uh, based on mythology and based on wit and puns and and lightness <laughs> and heaviness. Yeah. And, well, I'm, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you pick up all of that. Um, yeah. After, after I got myself free from the uh, constraints of, of the normal associations that we artists have to, to contend with, um, there was no reason for me to continue on in the way that I had before when I had to consider, you know, um, you know, the mentality of, of, of the executives and, the people that you have to get through just to get to the people. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, I also then realized that for me, there was the challenge of just to come up with like a set of good songs. Well, that was always going to be there, um, but I wanted something more. I needed something more to aim for. So from the very beginning of Post Millennium Rock, the idea was to make every concept, every project, um, self-sufficient on the stage that you could directly take the music and the narrative to a stage the theater and you could start to uh, make a little musical of each project um as each project as you said itself was kind of like ringing a nibelungen and shit like part of a whole bigger thing <laughs> yes wagner wasn't wagner was an influence 
And what's great about age and maturity is that I can get away with saying that now. I couldn't have gotten away with saying that when I was 25. Oh, you could. You got away no, with it. No, also. I couldn't have gotten away with saying, yes, Wagner was a major inspiration for, uh, you know, whatever. But right. I think I, Wagner's I'm an saying, inspiration. Just because he was a fascist doesn't, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I'm saying Tolkien and all of these men began to come back into my consciousness as that it, it well, since I was going to invest in the work anyway, I might as well invest more and put together a universe that I could kind of take advantage with later by presenting it as um, musical theater. So from the very beginning of post in Rock, Angels and Vampires, um, Wild Card being the bridge between the two worlds. But from Angels and Vampires onwards, it was seen as in a cinematic theatrical way so as to be, be, basically be able to exploit this. Now, if you remember at the time, the trend that was happening in music was that performers were being asked not to do um, full concerts or greatest hits concerts, but maybe to just do one album. So yeah, yeah. that's during the time when, you know, the Stones would come out and just do Beggar's Banquet um, yeah, yeah. and where Springsteen would come out and just do The River. And so yeah. promoters were promoting this idea of, of, of this. So that's also, that was called um, uh, parallel to the time when I, I began to see that every project should be its own self-sustaining universe. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Fit, that per, like, like perforated edges fit into a larger scape. Yeah, and I get that. And um, have you ever um, done a kind of um, deconstruction of your works uh, in terms of explaining what they're meant to me? I know, look, I'm a writer <coughs> too, and I, I love the concept thing uh, for me. Um, we've always had that at the heart of what we do. But, um, you know, obviously, if somebody asks me... You, but but in, in, if I can cut in, that there's concepts consciously and subconsciously. I contend that every successful album, every successful project works because whether it was conscious or subconscious, there is a concept running throughout that makes it something more than the sum of its parts. So yes. I think by virtue of the fact that a great album is a great album, is itself evidence that it is somehow it has somehow formed a concept, whether it was consciously pushing that idea or, or not. Yeah. So if you accept that a great work of art leaves some uh, space for the observer to populate it with their own meaning, mm -hmm. then um, you don't want to. Uh, when the question I asked about have you ever explained what the fuck is going on, mm -hmm. right? Because <laughs> it's deliberately. Uh, uh, um, deliberately obtuse at times, you know. So I'm just trying to think of a way that we can encourage the listeners to get into this stuff and get into the cinematic universe. Go to go treat this as like a box set, you know, because people are willing to devote hours and hours and hours and hours to a particular notional idea. Yes, now. yes, yes. Well. Again, I was very fortunate in being parallel to the reemergence of the Marvel Universe. Of course, Disney has always been a part of keeping the myths uh, and the stories yeah. of our yeah. cultures alive. Um, and that's because, I, again, whether these things are how much they are a reflection of, of human uh, historical reality is not as important as how consistent they are with the human narrative and human archetypes that they represent. So, you know, there's a reason that we're drawn to the nature of superheroes and these, because these, these represent to us ancestors and how we see our ancestors. And even if you, if you remember as a little boy, you saw your mother as some kind of super being. You saw your father yeah. as a kind of super being, but especially when you're small enough that they're actually literally still giants. So, our, our relationship to our ancestry starts really, really forming in our psyches quite young. So that naturally we kind of project them as these much bigger beings and we find out they were they are when then we grow up and mature and see the human aspects of, of, of their frailties. Um, but it, it, it still doesn't hide the fact that, okay, we've taken our ancestral history, we've perhaps exaggerated somewhat but I think the essence of mythology is our is our historical um, journey through time, and that 
when we reached a period where we started recording things by writing the written record, um, then we started calling that history. But everything was still belonged to the oral tradition we call now mythology. So yeah, yeah. we the reason that these great companies make a fortune in reminding us of our heritage is because they've become the gatekeepers of our memory, of our collective yeah. memory. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, I've always had, there, there were two figures in particular that always stood out to me as myth in mythology. That was Orpheus, because Orpheus represented the archetypal poet um, and, and the musician, if you will, the artist who, who, who recognizes his power within his, his, his love of his art. And Prometheus, who represented for me the first rebel, the first true rebel, the first God that rebelled and said, you know what? Fuck this. All right. Um, I, I see through this and this lounging about on Mount Olympus and being fed grapes by booksum, you know, maidens is just it's not <laughs> enough for me. It's not enough. I need I need something more. I need some greater challenges. And the fact that Prometheus challenged the gods of Olympus to live up to their responsibility to their creations, you know, I felt like from the position that I lived my life, I felt like I was in that position once as Prometheus, where I became to the other gods of Olympus, the inconvenient man. Yeah, and yeah. the one to be tossed, thrown off the mountain and told to fuck off. So I also have that, that only solidified the connection I felt with Prometheus. And, and, and so it's, as we have heard many times before, the best way to tell truth and to pass on true history is through fiction. So you create yeah. a character, and um, when Prometheus and Pandora, the musical, is put together, then that's the vehicle through Prometheus. I can tell the true story of my life. Then I can cast Michael Jackson as, as uh, the Luciferian figure. I can cast him as, a, you know, um, the, the, uh, the conceit of Prometheus on Pandora was that Prometheus was barred from heaven and banned from hell because both God and the devil knew him well. So, you know, Zeus kicked him off the mountain because he was a great political liability. But then, you know, um, uh, Hades or Pluto also phoned up Zeus and said, you know what? Don't fuck him, send him down here. Because if he comes down here, he's going to try to reform my shit as well. So I don't want him. This is why Prometheus had to be sentenced to the side of a mountain on Earth, because he didn't find any cause to go to the watery grave, to, the, to, to, to Neptune's kingdom, although Neptune supported him. But the devil was clear. No, no, I got my shit under control here, and I don't need Prometheus. He will just disturb things. He, he will raise their spirits and have them demanding better treatment as well. He will have them asking questions and being seekers of enlightenment. Fuck him, no. So this, I, I just felt so connected to the life of Prometheus because I just felt like there were situations where I became, my life became politically inconvenient and just, it was just better to just kind of keep passing it around until Prometheus wakes up and realizes that the gig is over, it's up. You now have to fall back completely on yourself on the same flame that got you here and you have to trust that flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your latest album. Pandora's which, Playhouse. Yeah. Pandora's yeah. Playhouse, which I urge everyone to go out and buy immediately. Thank you so much. Don't, stream the, don't stream the fucking thing. Buy it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And go to, go to the, uh, go to, what is, what is it? Sananda.com? Sananda.org. Sananda.com or Sananda.org. Okay. Got it. So you can buy it there, yeah. Yes, you There's can. Yes, you can. Um, That's what you need to do. I'm in. I'm urging people to buy physical product. I, I, I know we need the streaming thing. I don't know. I, we don't release anything on streaming anymore. Anything. Yeah. Because I just don't believe in it. Yeah. I, I'd be a hypocrite if I did. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it's a great piece of work. Thank you. It's, sir. As as all the things you do, it's got flaws. But I can honestly say everything I've ever done has got flaws as well. Um, uh, that keeps us trying to... Uh, actually, I think perfection's really overrated anyway. 
you know i think it's a bit you know content is king the the spirit within it uh, as far as i'm concerned is incredibly musical beautifully played playful it contains the entire scope of human emotion and i urge everyone to go and buy this fucking thing right and i'm and that's that's not a bad plug is it considering yeah, it's, it's better than a butt plug <laughs> <laughs> but depends on your sensibility, you know what I mean? So what? Uh, where do you rank it in terms of your work? Everything is necessary. Everything is the next stone further up the mountain or further up the path. And it it is it's like I look at them then backwards and see that each thing could not have existed without the previous thing. And um, you know, when when you're when you're working for a record label. It, which means when you're working for a, a revolving set of people and circumstances, yeah. you know, I, for example, when I was, when I was making wildcard, um, I had finally gotten my, my, um, my freedom from, from Sony after almost a decade's worth of, of battles and, and trying. Um, and basically uh, Capital came to me and asked if I'd do a record with them and I, I weighed up some other people, some other situations that were there at the time. And um, I'm a romantic, which means that I knew Capital's history and, you know, with Sinatra, with the Sinatra catalog, with Nat King Cole's catalog, with the Beach Boys, with the Beatles, with Dean Martin. I mean, <clears throat> I knew who Capital were and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll do this record. Um, I I probably uh, over the time I signed the deal to the time I came out actually with the record, which was like nine months, um, and then the time that I actually spent in the studio making the record, the president of the company changed like three times. Shit. And so first of all, there's the guy who who, who sweet talked you into coming there, um, you know, and he gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar or some shit. So they, he gets dismissed. There's the next guy who comes in and then, you know, uh, whatever happens, he, he, gets a, he gets swiped away from another company. So then there's the third guy. And by the time you, you're, you're shaking the third guy's hand at the photo op, he can't even look you in the eyes. He, he can't even look no. you in the eyes. So, um, so I, I, I come out, I, 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 I finished the record. I, I turned it over to the record company. Um, and their first reaction was freaking out. My God, this is like eight fucking singles. Okay, this was this was wild card. Then the next time I hear from them, it's like, yeah, we about shit. This is like six singles. <laughs> and then the next time it's like, we, we, we really think we hear maybe from two, two, maybe four singles. It literally got to the point where they weren't sure whether they could release it because they didn't hear any singles. <laughs> and it was the same project that I, I, I turned in that I was very proud of. I mean, I'm I'm proud to put my name on my work because that's just the nature of who I am. Um, and and every project for me is not based on what I did before. Every project is based on what these set of songs demanded of me in this time, in this frame of, of, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the last painting was an impressionist painting and the next painting is a surrealist painting, uh, then that's just because that's what those paintings yeah, yeah. ask. So, you know, when you go through that, when you basically just see that your art is, is, is taken as something that even is something people are afraid to look at because, because it's, they didn't sign it. They don't have the same vested interest. And if it doesn't work out, then they're liable, blah, blah, blah. When you start to see all the fear around original work, it just behooves you to just say, you know, it's, it's not really even their fault. I can't continue to blame them. This is who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, as, a, as, as most romantics, we're idealists. And so yeah, yeah. you have to accept that your ideal of the type of industry that you want to exist in, that you feel the need to support your work. You, if they're, you know, at some point it dawns on you that their vision of you 
is not going to match your vision of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so unless you want to keep fighting and losing energy and undermining your confidence in fighting back and forth, you have to just make a clean break. And as well as making a clean break, you have to give space for the habits you learned in training your records to get through the executives to slowly let those wheels fall off the bike so that you can now evolve your art form according to its real essential truth and not just its truth married to its circumstances. Uh, let's move on to the funny stuff. My smash hits questions I ask everyone. Favorite uh, book? The Kama Sutra. Okay. Favorite TV? Any show, old or new? Um, I guess overall, for the years of dedication, I would just have to say Saturday Night Live. Yeah, man. I watch ev I've watched everything on on um you know on, on YouTube. I think I've watched the entire fucking everything. <laughs> um some of it's not it's not so great now, is it? It's kind of not as funny as it used to be. No, it's what you call my album, Patchy. <laughs> oh, I, that I really hurt, didn't oh. it? It didn't mean I didn't mean it to be. I'm just saying I meant from a production point of view, I think I could improve it. I'm just bigging myself up. That's all it is. I'm just jealous. I want to be involved. I'm yeah, sorry. but you know, you Yorkshireman, um, you're some tricky bitches anyway. Uh, I know. Well, you know, anyway, at least when you know you know when I praise you, I mean it, right? So I'm not like those fucking southern bastards who just praise everything. Um <laughs> uh, film. Um, it would have to be a hard day's night, a close second Amadeus, a very close second Amadeus. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Favorite synth. You know, Mozart is a is a is a god to me. Mozart to me is like, um, in my mind, I see Mozart as like the left hand of God. Really. And Beethoven as the right hand. And, and, and God being Bach, that God wow. took this human form, Zeus took this mighty form and said, I'm going to now write the laws of music for these bastards. And then he took this life <laughs> of this guy named Bach and he did that. And um, then, you know, through the offices of Haydn, who is uh, often overlooked in this, these discussions uh, yeah. of musical deities, um, you 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 had Mozart, and then the logical conclusion. Or, or I see Beethoven as having been continuation karma for Mozart. Yeah, I can dig that. So you know, for me, they are. Um, and again, when I was twenty five, you can't say these things because the rock press eats to chews your ass up about this kind of shit. You know, and it's it's pretentious, and it's like, no, they're great musicians and great composers. It's as simple yeah, yeah, as that. You know, yeah, there were pop composers for, of their time. Okay, favorite synth. I know you're a guitar man, but um, I, I would probably say, even though I've actually never played one, uh, actually I did play one on the. I played one on the, our first project together. I say a Fairlight because okay. of what. Even if I never really spent much time on one. Like people like Kate Bush and what they were able to do with it really had a massive impact. Yeah. As, as, yeah. as, as much as perhaps in his time, the Mellotron and and the Moog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite. So the Moog or the Fairchild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairlight, yeah. Fairlight, um, yes, of uh, course. Yeah, Fairchild Compressor, of course. Uh, uh, favorite literary figure. And I know you're a, you're big on this stuff. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, there's programming that wants to say Shakespeare because, again, he was whatever you thought about his plays and that and that level of of genius. We forget that he was a tremendous songwriter. He was the first great legendary songwriter because those sonnets were songs. Beautiful. That's, that's yeah. what sonnet means, and they were meant to be sung and they were sung now with for we forgotten a melody because nobody was recording but the sonnets themselves are like on a level that 
that you kind of feel like there was a man in a personal conversation with, with his God. Wow. And um, kind of, uh, then when you say literary figure, then Bach, because Bach was a literary figure as well. Music is literature. Um, hence, Bob Dylan being, you know, given the Nobel Prize for Literature. But in any any to any uh, to, to, to that extent, I, I kind of overreach. Um, there, there are just certain people like Oscar Wilde, like Yeats, that I, I kind of Byron as a romantic. I think a lot of the sensibilities of what we call romantics are something that we inherit from the romantic era of literature. So mm, I agree. those yeah. guys like Byron and Shelley and, and um, you, you know, Wordsworth and these guys hold a, re a really strong place in my imagination. Um, as we were alluding to yesterday, the great Irish tradition is Yeats. Um, there's a uh, Rilke who, who really moved me. There's like these, the Persian poets at one point, like uh, Hafez, Saadi, Rumi, um, Omar Khayyam. There's a lot of bitches in, in the situation. There's Edna St. Vincent Millay, who is still someone who exerts a profound influence. It's hard for me to name one person, but I guess it would have to be Shakespeare because he, yeah. to literature that came after, I guess is a touchstone that Bach is to Western music. That's it. We did it. And Dr. Seuss. <laughs> There's some profound stuff in that, if you want to read into it. It's been a profound pleasure. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, um, my favorite interview by far, so far. Well, thanks. And, I appreciate uh, it very much. And, and I, your honesty and your uh, <clears throat> intelligence is something that I treasure. I appreciate it very much. And like I said, it was a long time. And it was at some point, it was like, okay, I, you know, I got to speak to this guy at some point soon because it was like a a kind of closure and even if you rattled my nerves a few times it was still something that like even yesterday i was thinking you know that okay i gotta face this again tomorrow because you know you don't just represent a person you know to me you represent like this the gate the gate between you know the bridge between the, the, the life i had before um, and the life i have well, now that's very so, kind of you. i mean i i you know it's even your fault. It's even your fault that I'm an Italian really? citizen. Yeah. I mean, the chain of events and the shit that went down, you know, it was interesting. I know, I know you have to go and I, I respect that. But the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I remember how just from one thing to the next, from losing KP and everything. And then I remember when I wanted to, as far as our, my memory serves, and maybe you have a different memory, but then when it came for, for, for me to do my next project, I think you were like booked for a year or something. Or, no. or, or I, I was free. You sent me a letter saying you had, you felt you had to do everything yourself. No, I, I, I remember. Yeah, an actual really? physical that, letter. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was wow. like a dear John wow. letter from Vietnam. Wow. I was heartbroken. No, really, I, 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 I had a different memory. Maybe I'm conflating it with, with yeah. something else. I but, wish I kept the letter. Um, I would fucking show you. <laughs> in any event, no, I, I, I believe you. I believe you. But I just remember, to, to my memory, it was like a chain of events that basically once KP left, it, it just felt like every other pillar that had kind of, you know, I had, gotten to that point mate um, you you were very nice about that, it i mean it wasn't point. um it, it was like a, a heartfelt um it was like you it was basically you had to express yourself in the way that you thought was most authentic and to do that you felt like you had to do uh, uh the well i don't i don't know i guess like the only thing i remember i remember vaguely also just i can remember some some point having these two sets of songs. And I remember that I had spent a lot of time in this fucking isolation tank that I had. Uh -huh. I yeah, because we were talking about the, that. Right? The, yeah, yeah. And and I remember having two, two like, and I remember one set of songs sounded like 
the hard line part two. You know, and, and I remember this other, but this other group of songs were really like, like, it's like this other argument being made why you should just basically, I can't explain it. It's like, you've done that and, you know, yeah, do yeah. this, go this way. It's, it's even hard to put in the context uh, right, right now, but it was just this very strong yeah, yeah. pull that I just cool. felt That's the artistic impulse. But I mean... If you ever want to do part two, I'm all over it. Okay. <laughs> no, that is part two is like, you know, I mean, Sony called me about like a decade ago. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, dude, that and, and it's, it's not to make an excuse. It's not you. You could not possibly yeah, be in those circumstances uh -huh. in that uh -huh. head. Kate, in it, it's I impossible. Know, I know. I know. I'm totally say, we're going, No, I'm just saying. But even the idea. I wouldn't even know what it was like to get back even close enough to that space yeah, to be no, that right. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? You know, because frustrating for all artists is to discover that some of your 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 most notable work, the the one ingredient missing going forward is your collaboration with a different yeah, time no, and course, place. Be authentic that, to your you know what I mean. Be authentic to your creative spirit in the moment where you're at, and then put it out. Make sure it pours out of you and move on. This is what I'm always saying to my students. <laughs> but for me, I remember at the time, I'm, I'm, I'm not a school. Remember at the time, the stuff that became neither fish nor flesh sounded living, alive, and continuation. The stuff that I was coming up with, the other stuff sounded like what it was. Like I was trying yeah, to yeah. do something that sounded like something exactly. I'd already I done. So it was kind of like one had life in it calling me for it. And the other was just kind of a different experience. But anyway, um, you know, one other final thing to think to think, think about is that now with um, NFTs. I know I'm thinking about. You know, yeah. remember when Wu? When, when Wu remember when Wu Tang? Yeah, and sold it for a million, right? Yeah, sold it yeah. One guy. Yeah. Well, I think it was um, the Kings of Leon just did a similar thing, where they sold the NFT. They sold like for like three million or wow. something like this. So, you know, the idea being at some point you can still like you you know would make a plan to release it broader or maybe just to stream it, but someone else buys it and it's like here, who bids five million for this? I can I, I'm so, down with that definitely. Pretty much how the conversation ended. Uh, Non-fungible tokens, how about that? <laughs> I think he's a very interesting character and we need to give him a lot of respect for the effort that he's made to rebuild his career with all the albums that he's done since 2000. Um, how is everyone? At this moment in time, it seems the lockdown is lifting, um, interestingly, I'm getting a bit scared because it says that maybe the you know the the big communal events are going to be possible to be had without social distancing in the summer which means we'll be able to perform with Hem 17 uh, which is quite something um quite a turbulent time in my life at the moment I'm just about to move out from my home of nearly 30 years and uh, move into a temporarily into a an apartment in the centre of town, in London, which is exciting, and then off to Venice to try and find somewhere to buy. Um, if you have any ideas for the podcast, complaints, encouragements, uh, guest ideas, uh, ideas for sections that you think we might be able to make a regular feature of, um, any kind of uh, contact you want to make at all, really, Please let me know on electronically martin with a y at gmail.com. I uh, will read them all and I'll try and read as many as I can uh, on the air. Uh, try not to make them too long, please, because otherwise um, it's difficult to read them out. Um, so try and, you know, condense them a little bit. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this double header. 
of Sananda Maitreya. I certainly did. See you next week. Bye.